Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. Chris Watkins, Frankie Cardicelli, as always. We are officially in basketball season, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, basketball activities have began. The Kings have had media day on Monday. They are in the thick of things in terms of training camp. Uh, I believe they have today off. Today we are recording on a Friday uh, midday. They have today off. They will be back at training camp tomorrow and then have their very first preseason game on Monday. We are three days away from Kings basketball officially being back. They play the Los Angeles Lakers in L.A. And uh, Frank, you will be there for it all. Frank, uh, how you doing, man? Chris, it's good to see you. I've seen you already before, but yeah. it's been a been a couple week break <laughs> we've had. But uh, I, I did go down to uh, to Beantown to Boston. We had some right. vacation, end of summer vacation. We got back. Uh, you've been having to do it's like, been a minute since we recorded, I guess. Y- yeah, I mean, I went to Boston, so that was you know about a week and a half, and and then uh, you have been just doing a million things at work, Trillion. wearing four or five different hats. So we've had yeah. some uh, some scheduling issues, just some you know, Chris is very hard to track down. Um, it's tough. But it's tough. But uh, now this is what we're paid to do, so we are we're locked in for the season. Uh, I'm doing good though. I'm doing good. Um, not a sushi guy. I guess tonight we're having some kind of sushi situation. <laughs> I've looked up the menu. There's like a noodle plate I'm going to get. So it's like a beef noodle plate. So I'm all set there, but, uh, I'm, uh, I've enjoyed this week kind of being, I was back. not anticipating hearing your dinner plans for tonight. Uh, I know. But I'm I just thinking about what's on my mind yeah. right now. <laughs> quick, quick, quick thought though, before we move on, uh, nothing to do with noodle plates, but, uh, in Boston, you'd be surprised about how many people I talk to that, are Celtics fans that sound mm. like they're literally from Goodwill Hunting. Like they, they, I, I met a guy who I swear yes. to God was was Matt Damon. Like it was his voice <laughs> taken from his body on on Goodwill Hunting. And you know, you, you small talk of people, you find out what they do, they find out what you do, and I tell them my job and everything, and they they all kind of gave me the same reaction. Nobody really was like, oh, the Kings. They all like, oh, they have some young talent. Like everybody, I don't know if they're being nice to me because like they're just meeting somebody and you're being <laughs> polite in a public like a public well, scenario. It's tough when, you know, you're kind of the perspectives are literal, complete polar opposites. Like the Boston yeah. Celtics are quite literally the most winning franchises in in, in, in NBA history. Yeah, they're, they're the Yankees and of the, the NBA. Kings are, I mean, probably not exactly, but, you know, with this with this streak, they are one of the worst franchises in NBA history. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely it's, 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 it's interesting to uh, I'm sure it was interesting to get. Well, uh, that perspective, well, the, the conversation would always go back to obviously De'Aaron Fox. And it's I swear to you, I was in like this conversation at this bar with like three or four other like we were like in a circle talking just basketball. And they all told me they would rather have De- have De'Aaron Fox and Marcus Smart. And I was just kind of sure. like not surprised. I mean, I'm not I kind of feel the same way. I think what Marcus Smart brings is very valuable. I mean, he's defensive player of the year. He's a stopper. But um biased i would also do that but i'm surprised that people over there feel the same way probably because they're just frustrated from his offensive output i'd imagine but it still was surprising to me to be in what to me feels like a, like a different world i've gone to the east coast a couple of times in my life but being in boston was new to me and being around all these people that that uh are passionate celtics fans and they all were just like oh yeah like buddy like fox over over smart are you kidding me so it was it was <laughs> an smart. experience over smart 
Well, the it's funny it. you mentioned that. I mean, we're going to talk about it a lot more later, but in the ESPN rankings for the season, Marcus Smart was significantly higher than De'Aaron Fox. That's a problem. That's problematic. So, yeah. Um, that's 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 we're gonna get into that for sure. I know, Chris, yeah. you have a lot of notes written up, which uh, you you've withheld from me because I I, I purposely was like, stop, don't tell me anything. I want to be surprised. Yeah. You did some research, um, you did your own research, research, research. and uh, yeah, but it's gonna be back. It's nice to get that um, perspective over there. Saw a couple of Yankee games. Saw Judge hit two home runs. That was incredible. Yeah, we'll get to that. So, uh, but basically, I want to ask you because. Oh. You've been at camp. Well, you've been at camp the last couple of days and in media yeah. day. We, we have you um, felt excited at all? I, I haven't really started feeling excited until I think today when I was telling Allie about how, the, well, there's a game Monday and mm-hmm. home game a week from Sunday. So I'm just wondering, have, are you like exciting, excited at all? Cause like, it's kind of interesting. They have, they have one more day of camp tomorrow and then we're been to the, the real thing. Mm-hmm. Like we're into mm-hmm. preseason. So does it feel, do you feel excited at all? Or are you kind of just like, let's see what happens at the end of training camp when we have the roster and everything? I'm excited that they are back. I'm excited that they're playing basketball again. But in terms of like excitement for actual, you know, like, oh, I'm excited because I think that this is going to be a very exciting season. Uh, I'm still like very reserved on that. I'm, I just really, I'll be excited on opening night, actual opening night. Um, preseason, I was talking with Jason Ross about it. Uh, it was either earlier this week or late last week. And, uh, it's kind of, I guess it's a blessing. Last preseason, we went five and oh, um, and then had the season that we had. So that tells me that if the Kings go five and oh, again, this preseason, or I think they play four games, four and oh, this preseason, um, we really like, we can't get too excited about it because clearly we just saw last year. It means nothing on that same token. If the Kings go, Oh, and four, we cannot freak out about it and be like, the season is over because it doesn't matter. Um, so I say all this to say opening night, I'll be super excited. Um, but I'm not, I think I'm, at the point where I'm free of expectation. I really just want to see how it looks for real. And at that point, I'll, I'll kind of reevaluate my expectations. Yeah. It's all going to kind of come down to, and again, I think we all, I, I mean, as a, as a sports fan, you want to see your team win, like whether it was Mm -hmm. back along when I was in college or high school, younger, I wanted to see the Kings win preseason games. I wanted to see them win the game because that's kind of the point you play to win the game, right? Preseason's a little different. Herm, yeah, shout out Herm. Uh, preseason's a little different, like spring training too. Like I think sometimes, I can't remember. Yeah. I think it was the Pirates a couple of years ago went like twenty one and zero or twenty two and 0. it was like not a, not a couple of years ago. It was like in the eighties or seventies or something. I, <laughs> I heard on a Yankee broadcast like, yeah, the Pirates went undefeated one year in spring training, and then they they won like fifty one games out of one hundred and sixty two. Yeah. So uh, it's it's nice to see the Kings, you know, have more points at the end of a preseason game. But I think what we're gonna be looking for. Uh, it's a little, it's a little more complex than that. I mean, they, I think some things we need to keep an eye on. Uh, I guess I can start by asking, what are you gonna be looking for? I'm gonna be looking to see what Rashawn Holmes does. I think that that he's been kind of a talk at camp. We'll get to him a little later on, I think. But uh, looking at what Rashawn Holmes can do, looking at uh, the the backup point guard situation. I mean, is there anything that's sticking backup, out to backup. you? Backup, backup point guard. Excuse me, the backup, backup point yeah. guard situation. <laughs> are uh, are you kind of like? looking for one thing more than the other or are you kind of just wanting to see um i don't know those things i just named 
No, yeah. I mean, and even, sorry to to bring it back, to tack on to the uh, preseason doesn't matter. The Oakland Ra- or Oakland, whoa, boy. The, excuse uh, you, Vegas, excuse you. Yeah, excuse me, Gazentite. Twist the knife, um, why don't you? The Vegas Raiders went 3-0 and in this preseason and have started this regular season 0-3. for Yikes. So, again, preseason doesn't matter. Um, the thing that I'm most excited for for, tra- for, for preseason games um, – <laughs> I'm just going to exclude any starters. You know, obviously, I, I hope Sabonis plays under 10 minutes a game. He, I just don't need to see him. I don't need to see De'Aaron in the preseason. Um, to me, it, it sounds hilarious, but it is that backup, backup point guard battle that I am looking forward to most. It is the Del Vadova versus Quinn Cook. I want to see if Delhi still has some NBA game left in him. Um because I think if he does, I'm I'm excited about him. He's potentially jacked, being way. on this team. He is. No, he, he, looks, he looks great. He looks stacked. I'm like, whoa! Yeah. Delhi's put on some muscle He's a unit. Yeah, Quinn Cook, obviously too. I mean, if if Quinn Cook shows out well, I think that's he's also a great addition. Just whoever whoever looks better in that in that point guard battle, I'm really excited to see. I am excited to see KZ Akpala. How good can he be? Can he actually be a uh, a solid backup small forward? Um, you know, can he be a little bit better than what we saw from Mo Harkless last year? Um, and yeah, you know, Rashawn for sure. I, I'm I'm not as concerned about Rashawn's play again in the preseason. I think he's the big thing for him will be figuring out his role, his actual role with the team throughout the season, figuring out how he can get back to being a productive player. Um, you know, in in a limited role. Um. That's really about it, well, honestly. I mean, I, I want to see Mike Brown, you know, Mike Brown coach in general. Yeah, I just want to see Mike Brown how he, how his energy on the sidelines. Scream I mean, on the sidelines, huh? Um, yeah, De'Aaron was talking in uh, in after training camp the other day about how Mike's energy is crazy. He'll run down the sidelines with the guys and yell at them. Um, we we've heard you know, from a lot of players, bad, big or small. We've heard from a lot of players about how, and I think Malik Monk said it. Uh, like one of the most notable players said that it's very intense. Like the difference between training camps of past these players have gone through and, and players in the camps that they're going through right now at the Kings, Malik Monk, you know, he's been around for about six, seven years, like Aaron Fox now. And what we saw on our first day walking into training camp, which I've never seen walking into a Kings practice before. I mean, again, this is the first time we've had like training camp access in a couple of years, but um, the free throw for, for sprints, you know, exercise that I'm sure a lot of you ran back in, in high school and, and, and back in parks and rec ball or, or what have you. But, you know, you, you put a player at the line to take two free throws. And if you don't yep. make both, you, you run, you go down and back. So seeing that happen was kind of interesting to me. Like we watched the Kings run hard that first day camp. They were running hard. All the guys were winded. Uh, I like normally, I think we were joking. The media were joking about, we'd be concerned about the fact that they missed so many free throws and had to keep running. but it's the first day of camp they're running very hard and I'm not going to read too much into it, but some of the guys you'd expect to knock them down and stop it like Kevin Herter, Terrence Davis, Harrison Barnes. Um, And it's surprisingly Alex Len at the end, who I think if I don't, if I recall correctly, he's a decent free throw shooter, but well, now I'm curious, but they coach Brown went to the middle of the court on that first day of camp and said, all right, like I'm missing Alex to the line. He's just under 70% for his career. Not great. Because I'm just an Alex to the line. If he makes both practices over, 
um, and coaches run. If he misses them, you guys run three sets. So he, he made both. That was into practice. Fun to see. Uh, second day of, of camp, we walk in and De'Aaron Fox yells to us, hey, like, y'all missed it. We didn't run any sprints today. So uh, it just seems like the vibes are, are high. The morale is is positive. Like compared to last year, man, you remember when we came in and we had, you know, Buddy Heal was being Buddy Heal by liking other like Instagram or, or Twitter yeah. things about leaving the Kings. Marvin Bagley was, need I say more? Um, <laughs> the Luke Walton discuss around the fan Probably. base was, yeah. was still around. It's just like, it's kind of night and day, don't you think? Like as far mm-hmm. as the vibes being just turned upside down. Yeah, definitely. And I think, uh, I think again, De'Aaron made point of that his, uh, the other day after training camp, I believe he said, uh, he was asked like, Hey, it seems like just what you said, the the vibes are better. It seems like people are just happier. Um, and De'Aaron complete, like without hesitation, completely agreed and was like, yeah, you know, uh, I think that's where he mentioned Mike Brown, bringing that energy, uh, just being, excited it's just just really bringing an excitement to the team that uh you know it's it's interesting i've been saying i've been workshopping this theory that i feel like they liked luke walton the person but they really like mike brown the coach um and i i yeah it just feels like to me that's the difference i don't want to use the term respect because i don't i don't i honestly don't know enough about the situation to say if the players respected luke walton but I would absolutely say that the players 100% have the respect, or Mike Brown has the respect of his players. Do you know what I have to say to that? What? <laughs> I'm going to use that so much this year. You, was that awkward to you? It wasn't awkward to me. I had somebody ask me yesterday if uh, if that was an awkward moment, and I was like, no, it was actually like legitimately like funny. I I think it was interesting. I think a lot of... Uh, so most of us laughed in the media scrum. I, we're, the younger people like me, Brendan, Cam, Salerno, I think we all kind of like were the ones that were laughing the most. And the other people that have been around forever were kind of just like, uh-huh, like, like a little like, uh-huh. and then I was like, I was like dying. I, I just knew what was, I yeah. knew the meme potential. I will say James Ham identified it immediately. He like left the scrum. As soon as it happened, he just like had his phone out. And immediately walked away to go post it. And then it went like viral, you know, went on Bleacher Report and everything. Yeah. He just, he knew and recognized the meme potential and took off. But um, it was hilarious during every media day, uh, media, like every player interview we got in the scrum, in the middle of like a, a question, you just hear someone just screaming across the gym. Yeah. And the Kings did post that final product yesterday. Yeah. And uh, some of them are like kind of cringy. Some of them are really funny. <laughs> like, I mean, you're asking someone, you're asking a grown, you're asking grown men to roar, you know? So yeah, some, some of them, them were, were not, yeah, not taken with it. No. I mean, some of them were just like, I'm not going to do it. Like Sabonis just like, yeah, I'm just going to do it quiet. And then you guys can put like audio guys can, for me. Yeah. Put it in post. Did you see, the, uh, I actually posted that video on Twitter. Did you see what I posted it with? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Davion with his, with his grunt. His he was grunt. Like, and uh, did Aaron with the, the Fox, like it was like a, I can't even wow. do it. It's like I can't. A, like I can't do cougar. it either. It was like a like a. It's a fox, I think. Right? I don't think foxes make. Don't they go like? Making, <laughs> is that that's a laugh? Right? Like a laugh. So on YouTube, fox laugh. I was like yeah, bro. I honestly I can't tell you. I I'm pretty sure foxes don't roar or make like 
I, I feel like they do cackle. That sounds vaguely familiar. No, but... I think the, the Fox laughing thing was like a vine, right? Like, uh, oh, it was. I do remember that. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, let's listen to her. Let's go, Tom Brady. Um, no, but I'm, I have it right here. <laughs> nope, not you. Oh, come on, Frank. Jeez. Hold on. Hold on. This is, this Laugh. Is terrible radio. Laugh. Oh. God, this... Yeah, they, they laugh. Wow. <laughs> All right. That was that was... beautiful. Anyways, how that about the beautiful. Sacramento? How about the Sacramento Kings coverage? Sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Let's move on, please. <laughs> beef noodle plates and oh. uh, Fox laughs. Um, on a more serious note, I will say the other battle I'm kind of like looking to to see is the power forward situation. Kind of interesting, I think. Uh, it was it was Anthony Slater from the Athletic had a had a piece come out this week where he sat down with Mike Brown and Mike Brown said that Keegan Murray is like not locked in to be yeah. the starting power forward. I mean, I don't know if that's just kind of I don't want to come out and say that my, our rookie is going to be starting at power forward, but I my knee jerk reaction was like I don't love that. I think he is one of the better players in the roster and probably should start, but. Uh, do you read much into that or do you think it's possible? Cause like the Kings have kind of not been a franchise that brings rookies out to be starters day one. I'm just wondering, do, do you think, uh, do you think that Mike Brown's being serious? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, he's not, he's obviously not saying he's not going to start, but I I do. I will say I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I could. I mean, the Kings have a lot of flexibility. I mean, they can they can throw one of Monk or Davion into the starting lineup for the first couple of games and just let Keegan get his feet wet and then kind of ease him into the starting lineup. Um, I thought it was interesting. I think Kevin Herder, um, either after training camp or on media day, when asked about Keegan. Um, his answer was interesting to me. I believe he said he was a he's a he's a total bucket getter, um, but then also was quick to mention he's got some he's got some lumps that he, not lumps, but he was just like you know he's got some development that he needs to uh, not needs to, you know he he just made point that you know this guy isn't LeBron James ready to come out the womb right now um, and and be an NBA star. So I I thought that was interesting. That stuck with me. I have I'd have a tough time believing that Trey Lyles or somebody you know a different power yeah I don't think a different power forward would get the start over Keegan but um, I could see a situation like I said where maybe they slide Herder to the three and Barnes play at the four and maybe Malik. play with that two um, two guard pl- uh, position oh, but T- probably TD I would imagine TD maybe at that TD point. as well yeah could be yeah okay so that that I can wrap my head around I I I, I do like that my thought I'll. I guess I'll share that in a second, but I, now I'm thinking about that. That does make sense to me because you keep Davion Malik Monk and give a bench, you know, with Keegan and Rashawn. So then your bench is Davion Malik Monk, Keegan Murray, Rashawn, and then maybe like Chemezi or Trey Lyles. I mean, whoever you want to fit in there. And yeah. that might mean Keegan's playing some three, Yeah, which I think in my opinion, Keegan Murray is someone who could be the, the, the next. And again, it's a lot of positionless basketball. Like I mean, they, yeah, they, and that's also in, assuming that you're going to have all five bench players on the court at the same time. Yeah, basketball is kind of evolving. I think we all are aware of that. There's a lot more positionless basketball going on. You see a lot of playoff teams not have traditional centers. Uh, it's it's kind of just 
changing. And I think that one of those things that the Kings are trying to do by that is they're not going to paint Keegan Murray into a corner and categorize him as a power forward or a small forward. He can play both. Harrison Barnes can play both. Uh, Kevin Herter can play guard spot and a forward spot. He's six seven six eight. So I do like that idea and would not be surprised about um, the possibility of seeing someone like TD in the lineup over Keegan to kind of have him in that, with that bench unit because as we've seen over the past couple of years, there is a significant drop-off. And in, in, I think it's kind of why the Kings have lost so many games over the past two seasons in particular that their bench has been so weak. It's just been such mm-hmm. a bad second unit. Their starters, back when they had Ty- like Tyrese and Fox in the backcourt with Barnes and, and Holmes at the top of his game, that's a decent starting lineup. And like Bagley, I guess, like if he's a guy who's going to get you 10 and 7, that's fine. But by doing this, if they can lengthen their lineup, I'll, I'll be on board. But my original point was, uh, there's there's not an argument to a better player on the roster starting over him. Like if we're going to paint him into that corner and say, oh, power forward spot, Keegan Murray. If you're going to put Chemezi Metu over him because of experience or Trey Lyles because of experience, that's not no. that's not going to cut it for me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it it that just yeah, there there's no reason to do that. And I I think the only reason why you shouldn't start Keegan is if you believe he's just not ready. And yeah. uh, I mean, to me, that's that just doesn't speak to Keegan. I think Keegan is is a ready to go guy. Um, and I don't really know what the difference. I mean, there will be a difference, but I don't know if there's that big of a difference between starting him game one and starting him game eight or 10 or whatever, you know, I I think, you know, just, just throw them in the fire and the Kings already kind of have a really tough start to their season in terms of scheduling. Like might as well, you know, I don't, I don't know why you shouldn't go out there and, and, uh, and go swinging, but you know, that's, that's, that's something we'll have to kind of wait and see how, how the, uh, how the rotations fill out because I, I haven't looked and it'd be interesting to do some research, but I don't know how, um, how good of a predictor preseason starting lineups are. I'd be interested to see how, yeah. They're going to change every game. Mm. I I think the last preseason game you can say, okay, like I think in the past couple of seasons, that's what I've kind of found. It's like same thing with NFL, their last preseason games. I mean, sometimes they, they, well, actually the NFL is not a good example. Baseball, you have your full lineup. You should play in your final preseason game. NFL usually have your guys taking the last game off in, Mm -hmm. in most cases, but NBA, I think we'll see the, the the rounded out lineup and in the final preseason game. But yeah, it's going to change. I think we're going to see um, one game we might see Trey Lyles at the four. The next game we could see Keegan Murray. One game we could see Malik Monk at the two. We could see Kevin Herter. I think that Mike Brown's going to toy with a couple things. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing I didn't really talk about this possibility, one of the key talking points of, of media day and the past couple of training camp days is uh, – Rashawn Holmes and the possibility of playing next to Sabonis. Now, I don't know if that's rumored, not rumored, but I don't know if I, cause I saw things about it in the off season too. I didn't hear it from anybody or hear or anything like close to the team, but I think that Mike Brown's very high on Rashawn Holmes and the possibility uh, looms to have Holmes play next to Sabonis. Now to that, I'll say, and I wanted to get your thoughts. I don't like that as a starting lineup because just seems kind of like it clogged the paint. I mean, I know that Sabonis can operate on like the key, like the top of the key and, and outside the paint as, as a facilitator, but he does his scoring within 10 to 15 feet. He loves those half hooks, the ones that Marvin Bagley could not hit. Sabonis can hit those. Sorry, I'm dragging Marvin a lot in this podcast. Um, 
Rashawn is a, is a push shot guy. So I'm just that that's been a, a, a topic of discussion. And I want to know what your thoughts are. Do you think that that's something that could happen? Those two players playing together in a situation where Rashawn comes off the bench and they're just kind of running together for a few minutes. And then Alex Len comes in. I mean, I'm just trying to, to think about, or they bring another power forward. Have you kind of like thought about that at all? Or do you think it's going to be a hard Holmes is the backup center. He's coming in for Sabonis. Yeah, I've thought about it for sure. I think, um, you know, against certain matchups for sure, you know, Minnesota comes to mind. If you're going to go against Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, you probably want to have as much size as possible out there. I don't know if you want to throw HB or or Keegan Murray in that kind of fire. But um, I can definitely, I think it'll happen throughout the game. I don't think that they'll ever close with it. I can't imagine, like, unless there's, you know, that maybe Minnesota game or something, they would start those two. But I think it's both players are good enough to deserve minutes that you have to see if it can work out. I think all of your concerns are definitely legitimate. I think the spacing thing is very real for all but the all the it, uh, reasons you just mentioned. Was Rashawn the one? Did he play well against Cat like the past couple of years? Is that the one? I, I, I think can't remember. I believe it is Cat. Remember. Sorry, go on. But I, uh, I, mean, I can find Sabonis, it. Sabonis' first two games were against Cat with the Kings, correct? And uh, his, he only his, played one game. He played one, and I think yeah, he did pretty well. He did great, um, yeah. But if I'm not mistaken, I'll, I'll pull up Rashawn's game log from, I think it was last year. But I do recall him, like, playing well against them. But yeah. Sorry, please continue. No, no, no you're good. Um, I think... I think it makes sense to try them together for sure. And I mean, it, to me, Sabonis' biggest weakness is for sure actual rim protection. I don't mean his defense at the rim, but I mean blocking shots and affecting shots. And that's something that Rashawn was very, very good at before coming to Sacramento. And I think he's he's shown glimpses of being able to do that in Sacramento early in his, uh, in his stint here. But he's kind of, as he's became a starter and kind of had a bigger role with the team, I think that part of his game has kind of fallen by the wayside, but um, maybe with a more distinct uh, defined role that he has this season, I could definitely see him being a much better rim protector. And, and uh, you know, he doesn't provide the spacing offensively that miles Turner does. And miles Turner is also an elite level shot blocker, but I think uh, a combination of, of Holmes and Sabonis isn't insane to throw out for five to 10 minutes a game. Um, you know, situation pending for sure. No, I mean, it could all be like matchup based, like you said. Exactly. I mean, if, if if they're both performing well and they're they're playing a team with two big, I mean, Cleveland's another, another scenario where I think Cleveland, would be, yep, exactly. I don't know. I don't know if you want to throw Keegan Murray at, at Jared Allen or Evan Mobley. So yeah. if uh, you want to go with your, your own twin towers, yeah, by all means. Like, I think that's that's a very good idea. And the fact that the Kings have the luxury of, of doing that, having Rashawn Holmes, yeah. having Sabonis, that's a good spot to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Kings kind of, with the exception of small forward, and I guess if you want to put Keegan at small forward, really go too deep at just about every position, which is not not normal for something that we have here. And and with that provides, I feel like I've used this word a lot, but a lot of lineup flexibility where you can really match a lot of a lot of teams lineups and and you know, you're you're kind of still playing to your strengths. I think the problem with to kind of further elaborate on, on the uh, Sabonis and Holmes spacing issue is that was the entire emphasis of this off season was shooting and defense. You could argue defense wasn't addressed too highly, but shooting clearly was a major priority for this team. And if you're going to throw out Holmes and Sabonis in, in a lineup together, 
you're kind of limiting the other three guys that can be on the floor at that time. I mean, and especially, you know, Davion and De'Aaron both aren't knockdown shooters by any stretch of the imagination. So if you add them to the list as well, you kind of have to have Keegan, Barnes, Herter, or Monk as one of those two Mm -hmm. other, or I guess TD. I mean, you just need to have two other shooters on the floor if you're going to have those guys. It's just not, that's not an optimal lineup for sure. But, um, you know, it's, it's not, it's by no means a bad lineup. It's just, uh, it's, it's, that's where it gets interesting. And I think that's where the questions arise. And I think it's a pretty polarizing topic. The, the Holmes and Sabonis playing together for that reason. Yeah. I mean, look, this roster, it's, it's, it's improved. It's not, polished to the point of where we know who's going to be where there's a, I mean, I think Terrence Davis is a wild card too, where I think he, I think he deserves minutes. I think that if he's on the bench, not playing and he's wearing his warm up and he's part of the bench, you know, the, yeah. the, the bench mob and everything like that, that's, that's a waste of a player. I mean, he, yeah. he was arguably in, in, in my opinion, a better basketball player than Buddy Hill was that last year. Mm-hmm. And when he came in and got those minutes last season, before he got hurt, he was putting up very good numbers when he played over 20, 25 minutes per game. So um, I think what you brought up a little while ago is a perfect example, like the fact that they might do some things we aren't really thinking of. And I think a lot of us have Keegan penciled in as a starting power forward. I think a lot of us have have looked to uh, my, my concerns about the Rashawn Holmes, the bonus pairing, but I think we might see some things we weren't, you know, initially expecting. Mm-hmm. And that's one, in my opinion, for sure. The uh, I like that possibility, though, against the uh, the, t- the teams that have two big bigs, Cleveland, mm-hmm. um, Minnesota, what have you. Um, any other big thoughts on your end about camp? No, not really. I mean, it's been pretty limited in terms of the access that we've gotten. We haven't really you you mentioned everything that we've seen in the uh, in training camp. Really, it's been it's been the free throws. It's been the running. Uh, the other day, we saw them watching an NBA referee video where they were learning about the new rules and how they'll be enforced. Uh, that was that's interesting. One, but but that's going to be – do you know how interesting that rule is? And, like, I think the Kings are going to be one of the better benefits. They're going to benefit so much from that. Have you looked From the transition take foul. Yeah, because if you are a, a fast – if you are fast or a player that can get out and, like, you know, LeBron James is going to benefit from it too. Um, people that get out and kind of run the break. De'Aaron Fox loves to get out in the break. He can pick up steals. He's a great anticipatory defender as far as picking off passes. Not great. He's good uh, picking off passes. If you get those take fouls where they wrap you around the waist or they just, you know, stop you to stop the fast break, like we've seen so many times, um, anybody on the floor, anyone that's currently on the floor can take the free throw. So Fox has the ball in his hands and he's he steals it from Damian Lillard and gets ahead and Anthony Simons comes up and just grabs him around the waist real quick, they're going to call a transition take foul, and they could send Kevin Herter, an 80% free throw shooter, to the line. Yeah, That's no, I crazy. hear you on that. I think the thing that people aren't really thinking about is the fact that I kind of think this is going to eliminate that in total. Um, I'm not saying you won't see transition take fouls at all, but I, I, I think the goal of this was to eliminate that exact situation from ever happening again. I think uh, once you get it, I mean, it's going to happen pretty often, maybe in the first week of the season, but coaches are definitely going to harp on. Don't do it. Just let them. I mean, it's a lot worse to get 
is it two shots or one? It's one, one shot, but I mean, you could turn a three point, a, exactly. a two point or three point possession to a three or four point. It's possession. It's just not so. worth it. And so it, it wouldn't even make sense. You know, if a player does it, it it's not going to be like it is, you know, like it's been in the past where it's just like, oh, like uh, whatever, whatever we did it. Like it's going to incentivize people to or de-incentivize people from doing it. Uh, so I kind of think it's not really going to benefit anyone in particular especially towards the end of the season i'd imagine it's just one of those things that we we don't talk about ever that's a good point you know also if i'm not mistaken i believe i heard in that in that presentation that the rule does not apply in the last two minutes yes fourth quarter you can do it you can that's what i'm saying that that's so that it's a lot to not a lot to differentiate but like you have to like as a basketball player you have to like really like just screw that into your brain. Like, yeah, not okay for the first 46 minutes. Not okay. Not okay. Not okay. And then you have to like flip that switch. And that's on the coaching staff to like yeah, have your players ready. Like coaching. But like, there's going to be some boneheaded moves. Like someone's going to forget Like there's going to be two forty left in an intense game. And like, someone's going to forget, like mm-hmm. we'll see, but I'm not saying that Kings are going to be, well, you had a good point with that, but if it does happen and people do forget, I mean, the Kings are a team with Fox that are going to be out on that break a lot. Cause like Mike mm-hmm. Brown even said that we need to use De'Aaron Fox's speed. Okay. He's one of the fastest players in the history of the game, according to Mike Brown. And we need to play to his strengths. And yeah. I think that's something that they, I agree. I mean, he's 24 years. He's, yeah. he's only 24 years old, which is kind of crazy mm-hmm. to me. Sixth it's NBA insane. season. It doesn't 24. make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I thought he was like 26, like Sabonis, but I forget mm-hmm. he's 24. So yeah. Oh, I mean, if anything, to to your original point, um, I think the king it will benefit the Kings in the sense of we might see them run out in transition a lot more than what we've seen in the past, which is um, uh, the point of the rule is to is to not eliminate these incredibly exciting events from the game. Uh, And so the Kings, obviously, you mentioned it with having De'Aaron Fox. Also, let's not forget Malik Monk as well, who's an incredibly fast athlete. And also has a lot of highlight plays from college with uh, De'Aaron in the transition. So I, I think those two running in transition will be just count. I, I would expect at least three transition, you know, lobs, just law. Yeah. Uh, per game. <laughs> I, I love that. I would love that. And I look forward to that. And hopefully, you know, I mean, again, it's a win-win because if, if they're going to foul Fox, cool free throw mm-hmm. from anyone on the floor in possession. And if they don't, they're going to have to stop Fox in transition, which is, yeah. you know, good luck. So are you ready for the five minute review of, is this a clear path foul or a transition take foul? It's a very good point. Does I it even <sighs> matter. <laughs> well, others like baseball is trying to shorten the game with pitch clocks and stuff. The NBA is adding more rules, but you're going to have yeah. more reviews and more stoppage time. And love it. it I will say <laughs> one rule I wish would change is, I don't understand why in basketball you only get one challenge and once you use it, it's gone. Yeah. Like in baseball, but you challenge, you get to keep it. You get to keep challenge. It, makes, it just makes the most sense. It's because like if, if you, you only can use one mm-hmm. and I guess it's because there's so many plays and like you can just keep challenging plays over and over and just keep winning them and keep winning them. And then you just wouldn't. Oh, it should be like football. You win the first one, you get a second one and that's it. Yeah. After that the baseball. One, you're done. Yeah, I I think that's that even that I would love that. And the fact that they that they don't do it that way, it's just uh, because it's like, I mean, a referee is going to make a blatant mistake at some point in the game. Why should you 
waste your only opportunity to fix that when it's in reality the referee's fault and then later in the game if they have another blatant mistake you are penalized because they made two blatant mistakes mm-hmm. and you only could challenge one like it just doesn't that's make sense. a bone i've i've last year i'd rant at the at my seat sometimes but <laughs> Luke Walton used the challenge like on a on a in a good way like with three minutes left yeah. or four minutes left whatever like the reverse and offensive foul charge like that re- resulted in it, it saved the Kings three points like it was an offensive foul charge um that was originally called like an M one so I I don't know NBA great start but let's let's get to the real issues here tighten it up boys tighten it up um should we get to the yeah. ESPN rankings let's do it tennis okay. tennis here. This is like a week in the waiting here. So uh, I don't know when these these came out maybe like a week or two ago. Um, it uh, came out on – I have the date here. They released the September list. September 10 days ago. Week. Okay, 10, days, 10 ago. days ago. So we're not too bad. Uh, ESPN and I believe CBS Sports as well released their NBA Top 100 players. They do it every year. Uh, every single year it seems like it is meant for this exact reason, just for content purposes to get people riled up. And uh, really just it's not a it's not a good list. But uh, nonetheless, we're going to abuse it and we are going to make content out of it. So the Sacramento Kings, I believe, had four players in the ESPN top 100 and three Mm -hmm. um, in the CBS Sports top 100. We're going to focus on ESPN's uh, rankings just because nobody cares about CBS Sports dot (laughs) com. Sorry. Frank, I have withheld this information from you for 10 days now. You have. Do you want to start with uh, with De'Aaron Fox's positioning amongst the point guards? Uh, or would you like to start with Demonis Sabonis? Just a, a disclaimer. De'Aaron Fox was ranked as the 54th best player. Yes. So I'm going to assume – I need to assume how many point guards are ahead of him. Yes. 54th in That's the, the league, which I believe he was – He was – 40 or th- he was 34th last season so espn really is just like gonna be disrespecting him hard on this one they put him 23 spot 20 spots lower um i'm gonna guess there are 16 point guards ahead of him okay you are wrong there's 18 point guards ahead that's so disrespectful fox i was being the 19th best point guard in the nba uh, would you like me to quickly read off the list? Please, please. Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, John Morant, James Harden, mm-hmm. Damian Lillard, mm-hmm. Trey Young. Also, stop me when you feel like De'Aaron should probably be. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I'll let you know when I, I'm wrong. Go on. Gotcha. Trey Young, Chris Paul, mm-hmm. Drew Holiday, Kyrie Irving, Marcus Smart. Nope. Cade Cunningham. Nope. Fred VanVleet. Nope. Lamelo Ball, maybe. Uh, Dejounte Murray, Tyrese maybe. Maxey, maybe. Darius Garland, Shea no. Gilgis Alexander, no. Jamal Murray, no. Aaron Fox. He should probably be top top fifteen for sure. Top fifteen for sure. So if I had to like tier this, I would probably say Luca Steph tier one. Um, maybe Jaw just on the edge he's almost tier there one and a half he's almost there. um so i'll just i'll, I'll put john tier two with harden lillard trey young 
tier three, I would have CP3, Drew, Kyrie. And then there's kind of, honestly, it's just kind of the rest of the guys at that point. is Marcus Smart, Cade, Van Vliet, LaMelo, Murray, Maxi, Garland, Shea, Jamal, De'Aaron. All of those guys are kind of your, your, I mean, I don't want to say good, not great, because I think De'Aaron is a great player. But in terms of, you know, the hierarchy of things, I would say you're solid at point guard, but you're not an elite point guard at that point. Yeah, I'm... So he's yeah, being. I mean, he, as a, he's what do you being, think of Deeron as a tier three point guard? Honestly, I mean, by ESPN's ranking, I would say they have him probably as a tier four. But no, he's being he's being disrespected. Like Cade. Yeah, I mean that that's where I kind of. I, it's a little bit of you're anticipating. Cade. I, that's I'm, anticipatory. Yeah. That's, they don't I'm, know. I'm willing to hear it with Cade. He's obviously a number one pick. He's going to be on a team by himself or, you know, he's going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting for his team. So his numbers will look good. It's the Fred Van Vliet. I love Fred Van Vliet. He's a phenomenal high level role player. Um, He's not better than De'Aaron Fox. Lamella Ball. He's a very exciting player. As unproven in terms of winning as De'Aaron Fox is just, I mean, he's more flash than actual, I don't want to say than actual substance, but in terms of, you know, productivity, I think, um, you know, I, I don't think LaMelo is quite at that level yet. I, I think he's, they're, I, they're, I they're hate. probably neck and neck. Cause I, you, don't know, you don't know how down I was on LaMelo Ball before. I really hate to say it, but I think he, <laughs> I do think he's better right now. I mean, if again, we don't know what Fox is going to do this year, but when you average 20, six and seven and shoot 43 from the field almost 40 from three like you're yeah. you're you're a problem no, he's, he's 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 a problem for sure i mean i'm I'm not trying to downplay lamello at all that, that you know his middle name uh no Lame- if it's not lamello i no. it's la something lachella his middle name is it's a country it's a country look i almost said a continent um <laughs> which one antarctica <laughs> La Africa, no. La, um, <laughs> La Canada, La North America, yeah. La North, uh, uh, no, it's 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 La France. La China, La China, La France. I almost said Lasia. Um, um, La, La, no, I. It's not La France. It's not La France, France, right? La France, La France. Where did his basketball reference is? Is Mello his middle name? Uh, it's La Mello. LaFrance Ball. What's Lonzo's middle name? All right. I I have no comment on that at all. That is absolutely terrible. I don't know Anderson. why more people don't know that. Uh that is that is top tier horrible. You cannot go <laughs> double honestly, LaMelo Honestly LaFrance. nuts. It should just be LaMelo LaFrance LaBall at that point. It's an, it's a lot. It's Triple a lot. L's. Uh What's uh De'Aaron? I think De'Aaron Fox is the only name I know it already. What is it? Anthony. It's, uh, I don't know. Martez. Anywho, Martez? I'm not here for the Fox. Martez. Martez. I'm not here for the Fox uh, slander. A lot of like national outlets have been doing it. It's like not. I don't know why it's cool and trendy to just like dunk on the Kings, but it's. I'm kind of. It's not like. It's not cute anymore. It's like, <laughs> oh, the Kings are. Like, it's like okay, yeah. it's like with the Bengals back in the day and the the Browns. Like I know that they both won, and like the Kings yeah. will have to win to get that respect. Yeah. But this disparaging what De'Aaron Fox has done because he plays for a team that's really struggled is just 
unfair to him. It's very stupid. If he played for any other team, if he played for the Magic, if he played for the Blazers, I mean, he would yeah. be he'd be an all-star. He would be yes. a superstar. I mean, people are looking at Tyrese Halliburton like he's a superstar. People will probably talk left. about him the same way they talk about Shea Gilgis Alexander, just where it's like, oh, yeah, he's a great player. But, I mean, well, assuming he's on a bad team. If, if it weren't for the fact that the Kings are historically bad, I would say people would view him like Shea, where it's like, that's a really good player. He's on a really bad franchise, but that does not affect the fact that he is a great player. Saying that, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is also 17th on this list. He also is – he has been hampered by injuries the past few years. He played 30 uh, – Shea Gilgis played 35 games year before last, and last year played 56. So almost like a, a whole season over two years. And then Fox hasn't been like – that is just, you know, doesn't want him to play. Fox has had like freak injuries. He's not like having ongoing like major surgeries. Like he had a – Giannis slapped the man's hand last year. He would have played the rest of the, he would have played 72 games. If it wouldn't, that wouldn't happen. And then he played 58 um, the year before in the 72 game season. So he missed 14 because he got COVID pretty nasty um, at that. So um, to end the, the Fox portion though, um, I'm just, I think that I think this year is going to be the year that changes it. Knock on wood for him. Mm-hmm. If the Kings win, so he will be an all-star but they have to win. Not only that, I mean, I think a big, every time any national media person brings up De'Aaron Fox and his season last year, it's always mentioning he started slow and then he went insane the second half of the season. There is acknowledgement of his play the second half of the season. I just think this season, it has to be complete. It has to be from the first game and it has to continue through the entire season for him to get the respect that he deserves. Because I just think, People feel people just don't know where to put him. People don't know what to do with him, um, and it's just kind of easy to to keep him in in this box of like, okay, he's good, not great. We like what we see, but at the same time, there's major concern. I mean, his shooting is still an obvious major concern that people will mm-hmm. always have concerns about, unless his play dictates that it doesn't matter, which we know it yeah. doesn't. It, if he'd Averages if he what was it last year twenty three, almost four rebounds, five assists. I mean forty seven from the field. He'll be an all star if he does that yeah. in February. And the Kings are winning or they're in a top ten spot. I think it's kind of hard to to not say he's going to be in there. Mm-hmm. So, um, not great ESPN. Not great. Not great. We'll move to a more positive one. Demontis Sabonis. Where do you think Demontis Sabonis ranks amongst NBA centers? Demondis Abonis is ranked overall 47th, the highest king. Mm-hmm. Higher uh, than he's only down seven, only down seven spots from last year. So they're not really, they're not disrespecting him too much. Uh, centers above Sabonis, I will guess. Thirteen. Hmm. Thirteen. Also, I'm 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 hoping that I'm wrong. Well, you are. Um, there are. Six centers above. Wow, DeMondis this is Sabonis. good. This is good. I Sorry, was this is shocked. Good. I this could not believe it. I don't even know if this. If I think this is true, um, in front of him, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, Bam Adebayo, Evan Mobley. Demonis sits seventh. They're probably all better than I than him. think that they are all 
Mobley, there's like a discussion. Mobley will proven. Mobley, Mobley, Mobley will be is on track to be top three. Honestly, as a rookie, Mobley fifteen and eight, fifty percent from the yeah. field. He's not a distributor, but he's he's just a guy that can shoot. I mean, fifty percent from the field, monster. I mean, his he his is. real impact is defense, and he is one, like one point seven blocks. Like, I mean, people are already going to Tim Duncan comparisons Jeez. for Evan Mobley. One um, fifteen blocks over sixty nine games. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, Very no, nice. I, so this is a list that like I don't feel is like disgusted, and I I really think this is pretty on the head. And I tried telling someone, not telling someone, I tried putting on Twitter. He's like a top ten center in the league, and people like literally thought I was an idiot the day of, of the Halliburton trade. I was like, he's top ten center. Like what? Like, what are you watching? Like, no, he he is like Sabonis is a top ten center. He, he he can walk into to fifteen and twelve a night. Like that's incredible. One of the Kings. It also needs to be acknowledged that there are other players who are like Anthony Davis, who is listed as a power forward. Uh, Draymond Green, I believe, also might have been listed ahead of Sabonis. He's listed as a power forward. Um, there's a couple couple other situations like that um, where it's like you know. Could Sabonis be a little bit lower? Sure, but to your point, like he's at the very least a top ten center. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think that's pretty on the head. I think that's fine. I also I have written down here a list. I, I <laughs> this one took me the longest time. Uh, so, where do you think the Kings' big three rank? So the highest, uh, the third highest ranked King behind Demonis Sabonis at forty seven and De'Aaron at fifty four was uh, one Harrison Barnes, who was ranked 74th on this list. Mm -hmm. So I compiled, I just kind of went down the list and as, you know, oh, Curry was number one. Okay, Clay was number 11. And, you know, I just kind of went and wrote everyone until they had three listed. And then that was their ranking. Where do you think the Kings rank in terms of big threes? Big three of De'Aaron Fox, Demonis Sabonis, Harrison Barnes is a top blank top three. Big three. Not top ten. Um, <laughs> it is not top ten. 19th. Very close. 17th. 17th. That's, uh, that makes that, sense to me, I guess. If I could quickly, quickly run through this... <laughs> Number one, number one, I feel like is going to shock you. Who do you think guess. is the number one top three? Again, this would be the three players or the quickest to have three players named in their top three. Or I'm sorry, the quickest. Oh my, you guys get it. You get it. You understand what I'm trying to say. Um, Celtics. The Minnesota Timberwolves. Carl Anthony Towns was 13. Uh, Edwards. Gobert, Gobert Edwards. 18. Anthony Edwards was 25. Coming Dave in Edwards, second, 25. 25. I just, all right. Coming in second was the Milwaukee Bucks with Giannis, Drew, and Middleton. Uh, number three was the Celtics, Tatum, Brown, Smart. Number four was the Warriors with Steph, Wiggins, and Clay. Number five was who was number five? Number five was the Raptors with Siakam, Van Vliet, and Barnes. Uh, number six 
was sorry i have this written You're like fine. all over the place because i had no idea where this was going to play out number 6 is why do i want oh 6 is the sixers 76ers and bead harden maxi number 7 is the pelicans with ingram zion and cj number 8 would be the cleveland cavaliers with donovan mitchell evan mobley darius garland Number nine is the Suns with Booker, CP, and Bridges. Number 10 is the Bulls with Levine, DeRozan, and Vucevic. Number 11 is the Heat with Jimmy, Bam, and Kyle Lowry. Number 12 is the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James, AD, Russell Westbrook at number 65. Uh, Number 13 is the Memphis Grizzlies, Ja, Triple J, Desmond Bain. Uh, 14 is the New York Knicks with RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, and Jalen Brunson. I would argue the Kings probably. All right. That's probably where the Kings belong is is at 14. Uh, 15. Sorry. Almost winding down here. The Nuggets with Jokic, Murray, MPJ. 16 is the Hawks Mm, with Trey, Murray, Collins. And that's unproven too. Sorry. I'll go back to this thing. No, you're good. That's it. The Nuggets too. It's like, okay. Jamal Murray hasn't played in like a season and a half, two years. Yep. Uh, Michael, Porter Michael Porter Jr. hasn't Jr. Has played, played 100 career games. I don't think he played at all last year, right? I don't believe so. Or did he play like the first three games of the year, maybe? Maybe, yeah. He did He um, not play for a majority of last season. He played in nine games last year, and he averaged nine points, five rebounds. I mean, he's playing hurt. So how can you put the Kings, I don't know, whatever. I mean, we're so a Kings podcast. What's interesting so to me is that the two teams. I'm going to be biased, that- but. Uh, two teams that had two highly ranked players, but just could not get a third ranked player. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets with Katie and Kyrie. I think their third best player was Seth Curry at like in the nineties, maybe. And then the third, uh, the other team was Kawhi and Paul George, who I don't think they had a third player listed. I believe, you know, Hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you want the Kings to be higher on these lists, we have to uh, got to win. So yeah. I'm going to not continue to raise my blood pressure. Over the fact <laughs> the, Kings are, the Kings are being put below team yeah. injured trios. Guys haven't played in a year and a half, two years. Yeah, uh, It's all about big names, all about the team you play for, the uh, the track record going to the playoffs, proven themselves. They've proven themselves. So I think, yeah, I think the Knicks it. one to me is probably where the Kings belong to have RJ Randall and Brunson on that list. I that's, would kind of, yeah, I, I just, I mean, Sabonis is better than Randall. He's yes. better than Barrett. He's obviously better than Brunson. Fox, Fox is better. Fox, Fox is, is better, better than Randall than both of them. Barrett and RJ and- might be at the same level and that's maybe being generous. Uh, I'm not a Jalen Brunson guy at all. Harrison no is Harrison is is Harrison but yeah and Harrison is the reason why the Kings are um kind of low on this list he he was at 74 but you know Keegan Murray is already as I stated at the top he he's listed at number 94 or 95 or something on the list so there's potential if he has a good rookie season maybe he could he could jump up a little for all the disrespect I've been saying that the Kings have gotten, that is some respect that they did give because he he's one of two rookies to be in the top 100. The other one's Paolo. So, yeah, he's he's being looked at as a top two rookie. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, I mean, that's yeah, that's very big praise. Chet Holmgren, I think, 
might have made the list had had uh had he not been injured but you know for for Keegan to put the summer league that he put together I think everyone is expecting him to to be a contributor to this team which um you know kind of going back to the conversation we had earlier uh will it'll be interesting to see how how soon he can kind of get his get his role established who's, um, on, your, who's on your shirt is that Vladdy? That's a lot of people on my shirt. There's uh, Vladi, Chris has a, C-Web, a Mitch. There's Oscar. There's, I think that's it's all the retired people. All the banners? all the retired people. All the retired where'd numbers. You, where'd you get that? Goodwill. That's sick. Goodwill. Uh, yeah, I, it was a shirt that they gave out. Let me see. I don't know what the back says. The prestige Kings.com pizza guys. Oh, they I remember that game this out like it's a pretty random assortment no, of I, games on here. I I have the same sh- uh, different. It's like the same shirt, but like not that. That's on the front of it. What's on the front of mine is like just like the the fireworks going off near the court for like the intros. But I would much rather have that with like the Kings Legends on it and like the banners. It's sick. They yeah. need, they they need more. I complain about this for the King Store needs more like King Store is cool things uh yeah cool. me, me and brendan stopped in the king store the other day after training camp and uh you know it's just they have some cool stuff but like it's just also so expensive oh it's crazy so it's nike there. it's all nike though it's nike yeah. does not want to you know i i do stuff like my badge when i work there they they get discounts but might have to might have to give it a shot but crazy all right well um First game on Monday. First game on Monday. Um, hold on, sorry. It no, I'm reading the Woj alert got... about Ime Udoka. Trying to see Ooh. what it says. Found crude language in his dialogue with a female subordinate prior to start of an improper workplace relationship. An element that significantly factored into severity of a one-year suspension crude remark um so he said something he said the magic word he said something probably very horrible um not great not no. and great. uh you know to to uh to your point earlier as well it's it's nice that uh it's not nice that these situations are going on around the league obviously what's happening in phoenix what's happening in boston um what's happening in even you know to a smaller degree what's happening in brooklyn um, even, you know, even the questions that are surrounding Philly and James Harden, we have none of that here. It is all good vibes. Move. It is all positivity. Everyone seems to be on the same track, on the same mind. Um, and that's honestly, I think the first time we can say that probably since Jaeger's been here, where everyone's you and I have worked together. And, what's up? Since you and I have worked together, I mean, what, three, four years, like, I don't think I've ever yeah. come into training camp and been like, wow. Like, there was last year, I think looking back, it's it's horrible. But in the minute in the moment, I was like, Oh, there's no drama. And then the Bagley statement got dropped. But yeah. No, this is like all good. Everyone's happy, ha- wanting to play yeah. together. New faces. I mean, to me, the thing is that nobody has personal incentive that will trump the team. I mean, I think it was clear that last year Bagley, I mean, we we we're guilty of it too. We put a lot of pressure on last season for Marvin. He obviously entered free agency uh, this off season. So he was trying to get paid. Uh, the situation was very unclear here in Sacramento, what his role would be. So um, there was a lot of talk about Marvin, the individual 
Buddy, of course, had the the rumors where he was pretty much traded on on that draft day and then had to come back and the dynamics of that. Will he stay? Will he get moved? Um, there's just none of that. I mean, obviously, Harrison Barnes has his contract situation. If there's any single human being in the NBA who I'm not concerned will will stat pad or will, you know, just intentionally try and look for his own numbers to to get paid more. It's Harrison Barnes. Uh, the the Rashawn Holmes situation is a little murky in terms of what his role will be. Um, again, probably the second least concerned. I, I, Rashawn is the person I would be second least concerned about uh, on this team in terms of being selfish and, and not buying into a role because he's personally upset. I think, I mean, I, I just, it's, it's almost the polar opposite of last year. It was like the two guys, Marvin and buddy that you would least want to be upset in terms of getting the team all on the same page. And this season it's like, yeah, if anyone's not going to be on the same page, at least it's those two guys who are hyper professionals and uh, just good guys. No, I mean, Hey man, like you said, vibes are good. Uh, just got to hope everyone gets through camp healthy that's a huge point um, that I want to keep my eyes on is keeping everybody healthy. I want to be all systems go come opening night on October 19th. Yep. Um, until then we will be back probably Tuesday, hopefully Tuesday after the first preseason game. Then there's a week until the next game. Basically they play on Sunday and uh, we'll have some actual basketball to talk about for the first time in a long time. Before we cut out Six here, months. Frank, we've been on for an hour. People got their Kings fix. Please give us at least a minute or two on Aaron judge. Um, I will say, I think it's your favorite baseball team. For those who don't know, yes. Frank's yes. been a lifelong Yankee fan. Obviously the things that Aaron judge has done this season is, is, is unprecedented and a fair used fair word to use. Yeah, I, I think so. It, I, I'm just like more, it's been kind of a, it's a bummer because I feel like I have so many Giants fans, friends in my life. And like everyone just kind of like, this is they're cool, like, but like, they're being it's the not, worst. it's not, it's not the same. It's like, yeah, I'm, I, I know no one's, if people are saying that, like they're dumb, like I am not trying to say this is more impressive than what Barry Bonds did. I mean, aside of the steroid stuff, which people are always trying to tell me he'd never fail the drug test. It's like, that's cute. You can believe that. Um, <laughs> you can go ahead and believe that. Go ahead. He he has this the single season record. And like if yeah. people want to say like that's not real, it's like, okay, well, he did it. It's the record. It's in the book. 73 is the one to beat. But Aaron Judge is going for the American League record. And that means something to him and to Yankees fans, to baseball fans that really love baseball. Yeah. And nobody's hit 60 home runs, by the way, in over 20 years. Like it's kind of it's kind of a cool thing. And I think Giants fans are having a tough year and they're wanting to kind of find something to get mad about. And that's probably it. So I'm not trying to throw stones at you guys uh, that are Giants fans listening. I'm mostly going at my friends. So, I mean, well, it's um, also tough with the Giants fans because they're adamant that Aaron judge will be on the Giants next season. I just don't think it's going to happen, but I don't either. I just think that the Giants are more likely to go get like Trey Turner or another big name. Like, Alexander Bogarts, like they they're gonna need a shortstop because Crawford's about I think that ship's about a sale about a sale. Um, but no, I, I, it's really fun. Like I'm excited to watch the game in an hour and a half. Like I'm I want him to get 62. Then after that, shut him down till 
to the playoffs. But it's been crazy just to like have that feeling of watching every at bat and just kind of hanging on it, kind of like how it was when Bonds was playing. Because mm-hmm. this is kind of the first instance of that to me, like wanting to watch every at bat. They cut in all over the country. Because um, my old boss is a, is a Giants fan, and he saw me at a bar the other night and was like, I got so mad they put on the judge at bat during the college football game and had the football <laughs> game with the small screen. Like, get that the hell out of here. And I was like, all right, like I, I'm sorry. Like, it's a national story. No, but um, I mean, I, I'm nah. not like the biggest baseball fan, but I just love sports. And, you know, at one point, baseball was a top two sport here in America in my lifetime. You know, in our childhood, I would say baseball was probably the number two sport behind football. Um, and so as somebody who, who loves sports and loves the history, I just think it's, it's, I mean, yeah, to, to, to not acknowledge what Aaron judge is doing right now is complete insanity is just, you're just missing the point. I mean, triple crown, like you said, yeah, I mean, triple crown. no one's hit, no one's hit 60 home runs in years. Um, for him to do it in when seemingly, I mean, I mean, I, you know, I'm not a baseball talk guy, but it just seems like nobody is really there's no legendary players at this moment in time. There's a lot of great baseball players, it seems right now. Obviously, Verlander and stuff. There are legendary players, but it, Miguel it's Cabrera. Not, yeah. Yeah. It's not often that something legendary happens, I should say. It's bigger um, than that. The game. It's like this is like we can all acknowledge the Albert Pujols 700 home runs. Like yes. this is something that we can all acknowledge is like historically relevant and crazy and insane. Um, and just for people, I, it's very interesting. And it, I guess it speaks to how many people just hate the Yankees, but it's just crazy to me how many people are trying to disregard this completely. Not even yeah, disregard like, it, but just kind of act like it doesn't matter or like they don't care. It's just like, we live in a, in a market where it's just dominant with the giants and Barry Bonds. Like, that's great. That's fine. Like I, yeah. Barry Bonds is a guy I grew up. I loved Barry Bonds growing up. Like, even though I like the Yankees, I always liked Barry Bonds. Yeah. Like, it was cool that we saw him at King's practice and at the Rivercats game the other day. That was really cool. And yeah. I just think they both can be – I saw one of the Yankee writers is like, how come we can't just, like, as sports fans say, they're both, like, great. This is They're both great things. Like, great that are, things are, that we saw. Like, yeah, people, people that are against the steroid era, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, people that are like, oh, the steroid are ruined baseball. That's fine, but like, you can't you can't tell me that the seventy three home runs is like not a, a marvel to to like look at. And what mm-hmm. we're seeing right now, a guy who's going for a triple crown, Aaron Judge is going to lead, trying to lead the league in ARP in batting average, like a point behind home runs, RBIs, and he's doing it on a year where he said to the Yankees, "No thanks, I'm going to take your thirty five million dollar record breaking position player deal, which that would have made him the highest paid position player in baseball." Yeah, I'm going to take that and say. I'm going to bet on myself this year. And he, by doing that, he brought himself an extra hundred million probably. So like Mm -hmm. the ultimate gamble, he's doing this in a contract year. So he's going to make a lot of money. So it's insane. I mean, there could not be, he could not have put more pressure on himself and for him to just hyper over deliver is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just another wrinkle that makes this absolutely insane. And like, it's, I don't like, his life again like, he just, like like you've been saying regardless of how you view the record put all that aside just this moment in history that we're gonna have for the rest of our life we like we can we're gonna hark on this for for until the next time it happens you know yeah. and even then we'll be like you know wow yeah like 
that's the thing is I feel like we really won't realize how special this is until this doesn't happen again for, for 20 more years X amount of years exactly yeah he's not gonna I don't think anyone's expecting him to do this again only one person that <laughs> this hit more than 61 no, I think it was is, Maguire and, yeah. and Sosa I think have hit more than 62 to, uh, on more than one occasion yeah. so yeah I, I think if you're a sports fan and you, and you if you, you care about this enjoy it yeah we're seeing something very cool like aside from the fact i'm a yankee fan like it's very cool to see it. it'd be like when um like when there's i think when kobe scored 80 i was like i'm, I'm appreciating this this is cool to see like, we're not going to see this again for a long time and we might never see that again so yeah um no i wouldn't i think was it breeze and brady were going back and forth with the touchdowns mm-hmm. the touch like, that's cool to see like them just kind of trading back and forth mm-hmm. um we're not going to see someone hit 60 home runs for a while in my opinion yeah. and Obviously, I'm enjoying it. it. (laughs) Vladdy will probably do it. I mean, he could. He could. Yeah. He could. But I'll enjoy it a lot more when Judge signs his contract. Yeah. For now, I'm kind of just like scared watching. It's like, this is so cool, but I'm actually (laughs) horrified. Please say But there's no reason. Yeah. He won more tonight and then he shut him down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. He got. Thank you for everyone who listened to that extra eight minutes of, of Yankee talk right there. Um, for Frankie Cardicelli, I'm Chris Watkins. Thank you all for listening so much. We will be back uh, hopefully ne- early next Tuesday. week. Um, Tuesday is the plan. I didn't want to. I didn't want. Yeah. <laughs> Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll see what Chris has. But, we'll see what yeah. Chris is on his plate for his four jobs um, on Tuesday. So yeah, I mean, we will at that point have one Kings preseason game in the book. So we'll talk about that, and I'm sure something else will pop up in between now and then. Uh, until then, uh, thank you all for listening, and. Uh, Bye. Peace.